0: chapter twenty seven of living with our children by claire d pearson this librivox recording is in the public domain a liberal attitude towards slang there is no use in trying to ignore the problem of slang it is ever with us we may be deeply opposed to it determined not to admit it to our vocabularies even more determined to root it out from those of our children and then find ourselves situated somewhat as was the estimable woman who after impressively reprimanding her college-girl daughter for using it remarked firmly it is quite unworthy of you you must cut it out it is so insidious so universal so intensely impressive when used with a proper sense of values Moreover." the word which was the slangiest of slang in our youthful days may suddenly confront us from the pages of our latest edition dictionary now recognized as a word in good and regular standing to have condemned the use of that particular word by our descendants leaves us in an embarrassing position we have a momentary impulse to sequester or to mutilate the book children especially adolescents have such annoyingly good memories of our former rulings and with adolescents the problem of slang is most acute for they are at the age when conventional modes of speech do not satisfy lounsbury says slang is an effort on the part of the users of language to say something more vividly strongly concisely than the language existing permits it to be said it is the source from which the decaying energies of speech are constantly refreshed and we have been tempted to deny refreshment to the energies of speech it seems the better way to adopt a liberal attitude towards slang there are three undeniable objections to it not all applicable to a single expression as a rule let us base our objections on these three facts first some slang is known to be of disreputable or even obscene origin to such we must object Second expletive or other slang which expresses ill-temper is always in bad taste as ill-temper itself is in bad taste that should be banned third all slang if used in excess tends to limit or impair the normal vocabulary and to that extent is a mischief-maker this last point is not so easily comprehended by a child but it is quickly demonstrated the trouble is that when a fellow has the habit of using too much slang he makes one slang word take the place of many better words which could really tell what he means much more perfectly than that single slang word can he speaks of a dandy girl at dandy dinner and a dandy sunset when what he really means is a pleasant girl a delicious dinner and a gorgeous sunset and if he goes on doing this week after week he soon has only one poor little adjective to do the work of three fine ones that means that he is growing up with a poor vocabulary a poor stock of words to use it is a great thing to have a fine vocabulary much more desirable than to have a fine wardrobe and much more lasting the articles in a wardrobe wear out you know but the words in a vocabulary do not it is very easy also to stimulate the interest of a child in the right sort of words to tell him what robert louis stevenson said about the desirability of making your words fit closely about your meaning if he has read treasure island help him notice how stevenson made his words fit closely about his meaning so that when you read the book you really seem to see long john silver and to hear the stumping of his wooden leg it is easy in a twilight visit to make a child realize how difficult it would be to communicate our own ideas desires and needs to others if it were not for words what a loss it would be to the world if some fine useful word should be forgotten by everybody suppose the word fire were lost how could we manage without it what mistakes and accidents would happen, what trouble would come from the lack of just that one little word. Before we were born, the people who were in the world had a language ready for us. All we have to do is to learn to use it correctly and to take care of it so that we may keep it right for our children to use fortunately it is not necessary to be a classical student in order to make the english language a fascinating subject of thought there are countless ways of doing so if there is a baby in the household the older children are sure to be devoted to him and it is interesting to watch the growth of his vocabulary to see how sure he is to learn first those words of which he has the greatest need in his circumscribed life how after he has a few nouns mastered he adds a few verbs and how the adjectives and adverbs have to wait until later even a child can understand that the adjectives and adverbs whether you call them that or not are the words that ornament our sentences they are the words that stevenson used to help us know exactly how long john silver looked and the way in which he did things if stevenson had not written long john silver we might have thought of him as a very short man you know an occasional compliment bestowed on a child for an especially good description is helpful too thank you herbert for telling me so nicely about the little lake which you saw to-day you made me feel almost as though i had seen it the point where the boat was beached must be beautiful with its old birches leaning over the water its clumps of red barked dogwood and the old cedars where the squirrels frisk around it is a great thing to be able to give pleasure in that way by noticing what one sees and then having the right words ready in which to tell other people about it Does this seem to have very little bearing on the problem of slang? It has a great deal, and it is thoroughly practical slang cannot cope successfully with good english where a careful description of vivid word picture is desired and to arouse an interest in such legitimate and effective expression early in life is a most efficient way of forestalling the craze for slang which is sure to assert itself in the early teens it is a method akin to that of the prairie pioneers who when they saw the sky to windward reddened by a grass-fire got out their ploughs and surrounded their precious buildings by protective furrows made as wide as time would permit and then resorted to backfiring to enlarge their safety zone it did not extinguish the prairie fire that was impossible but it insured its sweeping past and burning itself out without destroying their most valuable possessions chapter twenty seven